Hey guys, welcome to WWNT Nerd Alert. And this is season 10. We finally made it. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, 10 seasons in. Anyway, I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Fedra Eckers is, is off today. Uh, doing some research, I guess you would call it. I don't know what you would call it, but let's let let's just put it as research. That sounds good. Yeah, as long as she's happy. Um, by the way, I was looking and I noticed uh, checking to see how many episodes we have. So this is our 283rd episode. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we've definitely got some episodes in. Well, thank you to all those people who have listened to us for that long. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I want to thank especially Joel. Uh, he said some really kind words, and I know that he passed them on to uh, the higher ups to let everybody know how he felt about the show. And it uh, was really, really nice. And he's such a great guy. And uh, I'm really glad that um, he's a listener and that uh, we've become friends too. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> And you read it too, right? Yes, I did. I was very impressed by it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to kind of go through some things that we've been doing. We're going to get into the, the Nerd Alert files again, and then we'll get into some news. But first, I had mentioned this the last time. I'd gotten a, uh, my nephew had got me a Superman the movie sideshow collectibles a one quarter scale statue. And I love it. The more I, I have it, the more I love it. And it's like, it drives me crazy because when you go online and I'm sure you've done this too, Jack, there's people that will either love something or they'll hate something. And it'll just pick out things. Some that actually exist, some that don't exist, but like the biggest complaint is they feel like it doesn't look like Christopher Reeve at all. And it, when you're, and I don't know if you've experienced this because I know you have a ton, a ton of statues. Have, have you ever like seen pictures of the statues that you have and then you see it in person and it looks completely different? A statue I have or a statue I've been looking at the promos? No, no, no. One that you've had, like one that you've purchased. Because I'm saying like um, for me, the pictures <clears throat> don't do it justice. Well, I mean... The Bowens, as I've said before, I collect basically the Bowen design statues, and they've been out of business for a while. Um, but there are, with the Bowens, they were hand-painted. So when you looked at them, sometimes you'd see one that is a little off, mm -hmm. which is why, like, I'm sure the guys at, like, Midtown Comics thought it was a pain in the ass because... I'd look at one, I'd examine the paint job, and I'd be like, oh, this is good. I'm like, or, oh, uh, this one, I'd write, what, what other one do you have? Um, because you have slight imperfections whenever you have something that's done by hand. Um, but, I mean, I have seen some that I liked and I was going to purchase, and then I read, read something online of a review on a statue, and it kind of ruined it for me. And you uh, ended up not picking it up? And I ended up not picking it up. Uh, for example, uh, Bowen did a mini bust of Mockingbird, who was uh, Hawkeye's wife. And she was an Avenger for a while. Um, 
but there was a problem with the sculpt. And the, even though I didn't notice it, once I saw that, once I heard in the review what that problem was, I couldn't not see it. And I ended up passing on the bus. And it was because it, it, it was actually a major anatomy issue um, that they, the reviewer said, it looks great, but her leg is broken. And then I started looking at it and I saw that, yes, according to the sculpt, it looked like her femur was broken. Um, and I couldn't unsee it. And I had a pass on it. And the thing is, I really liked the sculpt. Um, I really liked it, but I could not not see that flaw anymore yeah it's it definitely drives me crazy um like i was telling you now that i got the superman one i got to get a michael keaton one and i i finally found one i wanted to get a sideshow one but they're so expensive now they they were 3.99 when it first came out and uh it's <laughs> been out last words when yeah. it first came out <laughs> and it sold out because it, <clears throat> it, it came out like eight or nine years ago so like on the secondary market you go on ebay and you have ridiculous prices like someone will be selling it for like three thousand dollars never out of the box you know it's like i ain't paying three thousand dollars for that i don't care if the pope blessed it you know um and then i'll find one that's like it's got a couple of fingers missing <laughs> and i told you i was tempted to get that one i was like but the fingers are in the box and i could probably glue it back and you told me, you gave me wise words. I'm full of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd always see it. Like, even if I covered it up, I'd always know it was there. Uh, it's, I'm telling you, dude, it's true. I mean, um, one of the statues I have is uh, the Bowen Designs Wolverine. He's in a, what they call a museum pose. And the claws are made of real metal. Ooh. But one of the claws, for some reason, fell out. And I had to glue it back in. And I ended up with a glue drip on that claw. <laughs> Can I tell you, I, every time I look at that. Now, most people would look, wouldn't even notice that. But when I look at it, I'm always looking down at that like right hand in the middle claw that has a little bit of glue dripped on it and it makes me nuts. But once again, now that statue is way too expensive that I'm not going to, I can't replace it. And it's, it's my own OCD, I guess. Yeah. That's it. I, I look at it and I see it. If you had bought that statue and you had glued those fingers on, you would look at that that one hand more than any other piece of that statue. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it's true. Well, it's kind of like sometimes you'll get like a nick on on your windshield, like from a rock or something like that. And Same it's principle. very, very minute, but your eye just focuses that stupid little nick. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And but a good I, analogy for for the situation. Yeah, but I will say no. I I found so I I went on eBay and I did a search, and I kept looking for all these different statues that had Michael Keaton, and I found a custom one that's coming from Spain, and 
good lord, the waiting is so difficult. It it takes 30 days to go through customs. So I'm not going to receive until maybe mid-February, late February. And it's just so rough. Like every day, it's like, what day is it? It's good in a way, because if you don't want time to pass by, you buy a statue with a 30-day waiting period. You know, Because <laughs> last year, 2023, just zoomed by. But now it's like creeping. It's like, you got to be kidding. It's only 11th now? Are you serious? I'm not even up to the 30-day period yet. The 16th will be the 30-day period. Oh, it's it's just so frustrating. But I did contact the guy. The guy only speaks Spanish. And I used Google Translator to go back and forth with him. And uh, we had a nice discussion. And it looks beautiful. I, I've sent you pictures of it. And I, I think it looks pretty Oh, nice. it looks great. Yeah, in ways I think it looks better than the sideshow. But what scares me, too, is that it is a custom-made and... I, you know, there's not that many pictures out there. I don't know exactly. I, I hope it's going to look like the pictures that we've seen, but you never know. I mean, it could maybe not look that great. So I'm, I'm taking a gamble, you know, but I, I think it's worth it though. I think it looks pretty good. It, it does look like a good statue. I mean, it's a, it's a little rough too, though, because like you were saying, since it is a custom, um, you kind of don't know what it's worth because it's a one of a kind and you know, that could make you nuts itself. <laughs> well, that's a, see that you can't, you can't be bought. See, I'm not bothered by that because it's just, I want something to go with Superman and I don't think I'm just going to sell it. I'm not buying it to eventually sell it. I'm buying exactly. it to be a companion piece and to make <laughs> me happy. But, uh, What's interesting with the customs, though, is like some of them look really, really good. And like I said, it's like, all right, I'm going to stop at Batman. Once I get Superman and I get Batman, but I ain't stopping. You know, it's like I keep looking at Wolverine. Like, and Sideshow has a really nice one, but again, it's super expensive. And then there's this custom one that looks incredible. And I look at Spider Man, too, and I'd like to get the Black Symbiote one. The Bowen one that you have is really, really nice. I like that one. The which one? The, the museum pose? Yeah, the the black, uh, the symbiote suit. Yeah. I mean, my only issue, like the the Bowens, are only like one sixth. They uh, they're like Bowen scale is like between one seventh and one eighth. That's yeah, that size. I, I it feel won't like look good next to your Superman. Yeah, it'd be like a, a little be kid way next to Superman. Yeah, I feel like now I'm stuck. You know, like where I have to like stick to one quarter scale statues from now on. But there's a ton of them out there, and it's an expensive hobby. Uh, and I watch so many YouTube videos of people that are addicted to this hobby. It'd do something to me, Jack, if I ever get to that point. You know, because it's just so damn expensive. I saw this guy in Australia. He. Uh, he looked, he basically said he had a ton of statues, which was just ridiculous. But he said that uh, all in all, he calculated that it cost him almost $200,000 for all the statues that he bought. And uh, first of all, where do you get the money from, you know, with something like that? I, I think, again, if I was like a millionaire, or, uh, I would 
enjoy I, that'd be a hobby i'd enjoy you know i definitely have to have a room dedicated to it or maybe two rooms you know absolutely but, but i don't know it's just so expensive i mean and now that like the prices are getting like that wonder woman i showed you i didn't even look up what the price was on that but that i honestly that was that what j and d i think it was j and d yeah yeah i mean that was the most it it real it looked like a real Gal Gadot was just shrunken down to one sixth scale. What size was no, it? No, I think it was one third. One third. One third. But I mean, that was truly incredible. Um, what did they have? Silicone skin on it. Yeah, silicone skin and real hair. And real and hair. Real hair I stitched mean, into it, her skull. It truly looked lifelike uh almost a point where it was a little scary <laughs> it would be a little scary <laughs> none of your wife would be saying stop looking at that statue jack <laughs> no i'd be i'd be i'd be thinking uh scary in the in the way you know like uh people claim that you know it's a small world is haunted where the statue the uh little puppets will blink and move on their own you know <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I'd be. I, I, it's. It's so realistic that it's. Um, otherworldly, almost. It, 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 that was incredible. I, I love it though. It's it's thirty one, thirty two hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't love it that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. If you're rich, it's just a mere drop in the bucket. But for us, no, we can't afford that. But anyway, I I really hope I stop after Batman, but I, I, I keep looking on eBay. Wolverine, Spider-Man. And that's another thing. I, I, like DC, like you said it too. I don't think I can really collect anyone else other than Batman and Superman. Maybe Wonder Woman. Hey, I mean, there are some diehard DC fans. I mean, I, I'm a Marvel guy, which is why, like uh, when I sent you over pictures of my collection, there wasn't a single DC guy in there. Um, but there are people who love a lot of those DC characters. And, you know, while some people love the flash, I wouldn't spend that kind of money for a one quarter scale flash. <laughs> yeah. I meant to, this was another thing too. I was also looking at, uh, original art well not original art signed art by alex ross and i kept showing you different ones and you had mentioned about going to michael's like getting a, a print on ebay where they roll it up they send it to you it's signed by alex ross and then having it matted and framed that stuff is expensive i just went there today just to like get an estimate it's like i'm looking about two three hundred dollars just to mat and frame it According to no, that. no. Just, <laughs> yeah, but I told you, look, wait until there's a coupon. No, wait until that's going to help. Seriously, Hobby Lobby has uh, a 40% off coupon nearly every week. Well, I mean, would you get it professionally matted and framed, or would you buy a frame that's got a mat in it? Well, for me, what I did on most of mine was... Um, I have like a like a thin black metallic frame on most of my pieces. 
Mm. And what I did was I had it professionally matted uh, where I had them cut the mat for me. And I had bought a standard poster size. So, like, um, for some of my pieces, I have maybe only an inch and a half wide mat going around it. Um, because the poster was that big. And the standard frame I bought was just a little bit bigger. So I didn't want to cover up too much of the actual image on the print. Uh, but other ones, I think the standard mat size is maybe two to three inches. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are options. Going yeah, for you can a buy them. custom frame, you, you, can, you can blow a lot of money on that. I mean, yeah, you basically, you could just buy them. Like they were set... They were selling them uh, uh, for sale just in the store without it being customed. Like, because the one I was looking at was like an 18 by 24 print. So that costs like maybe $40 to like buy a matted frame. But if you had them do it, like I, I called the girl, I was like ringing the bell. It's like, is anyone back there? I need to talk to someone. And she's like, well, what are you looking for? I was like, all right, I'm looking for the cheapest frame. So she brings me like a sample of the cheapest frame. And uh, she's like, this would be about $90. I'm like, okay. And then what about the mat? And she goes, oh, we have different types of mats. You know, and it's like, she brings in this mat. And she goes, this would probably run roughly about another $90. And you'd also need the glass. And I was like, That's you, you we're, done. we're done. We're done. Off of the rack. <laughs> you don't have to make one for you. Yeah, that's. I think I'm gonna go that route if I decide you to know, do that. The mat, the mat, I would have professionally done because you want that to be cut right. You want it to, you want to cut clean. You want it to look right. It's worth it on the mat, but on the frame, there are plenty of nice looking frames out there. You don't have to. You don't have to go crazy getting, you know, stained oak or anything like that. You know, yeah. get yourself a standard frame off of it that comes with the, you know, uh, non-glare reflective, you know, plastic or acrylic. And just, like I said, this way you can get a nice looking picture out of it without breaking the bank. Yeah. So it got me into looking into Batman again, like the Michael Keaton Batman. So I started watching the movies and I got to say, they're really not that good. <laughs> You know, he's he's good. I think he's a good Batman. I think that Nicholson's a good Joker. I think Pfeiffer's a good Catwoman. And even uh, Carrie is a decent Riddler. But it's just a story. And I have to say the direction is just kind of off. Like some of the acting is, is not very good. But yeah, I was a little disappointed. Um because it, it seems a little corny now when you watch it, especially if you compare it to the Dark Knight trilogy. I mean, that seems like actual movies, like that, because it was made by an actual director. It, like it, it's real drama. It's just like superheroes. <laughs> well, I would say Tim Burton is a real director, but you know he he has a very stylized way of making movies. Like if you're watching a movie, you know it's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. The same way you would know if you're watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's just the way he makes them 
you know it's got his touch all over it. And that's that was the case of the Batmans. Well, I watched Batman Forever also. And I will say Val Kilmer was pretty good. He was a good Bruce Wayne, and he was a good Batman. It, it's just that he had a crappy movie to work with. And I think that after Batman Returns, Warner Brothers is like, we got to lighten this crap up. You know, it's like the, you know, we're scaring the kids. Uh, we got to bring them back in the theaters. And they made it too goofy. They they made it more like the Adam West sort of Batman sort of thing. But he, he was And then good. they brought in Clooney. Yeah. But it, it does make you realize that Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer is is the same Batman as Michael Keaton's Batman. It's just he's a different actor. Like, well, those whole four movies are basically, what would you call it? A quadrilogy? Because mm. you know, other than the main actors for Batman, like Michael Go. Is it Michael Go plays Alfred, and then the guy who plays uh, Commissioner Gordon, same guy. Uh, you know, it's it's the same actors, same Batcave. It, it, it's the same, basically Batman. What's his face? Uh, uh, Chris O'Donnell who played Robin. He, he's in Batman Forever. He's also in Batman and Robin. It's not like they're rebooting the series every time. It's a continuation. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there are some characters that you we don't need an origin story anymore for. You know, like, no matter what they do with Spider-Man, we don't need to see the origin story anymore. Everybody has seen it. It's part of pop culture. We don't need to see Uncle Ben die again, you know. <laughs> so... Uh, Batman's kind of the thing. Batman lends himself to, you know, you want to do an origin, you know, you can do a really quick flashback, but you don't need to spend that much time on it. Well, he uh, he never got a proper origin story in those, the Tim Burton and the Schumacher movies. They basically focused on the villains, their origins. But it's, I guess you got to go into and look at it as goofy Goofy fun, more for kids, I would say. I still like Keaton as Batman. And I was, like I said, I'm impressed with Kilmer as Batman. He would have, I would have liked to seen him with a different writer, a different director for the, the fourth movie. But we'll never see that. I also would have liked to seen Keaton in the third movie, just to see if it would have been different. Um, anyway. I also noticed, too, and I, I mentioned this, with the statue, which was driving me crazy because I'm so friggin' anal, that he had like he wasn't showing his nostrils in the statue that I was gonna buy. Oh yeah, you're talking about this. <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm gonna cancel my order. It's like, see, that's like one of the things I'd always notice that I won't look under his nose, but I know I would look under his nose. It's like it's just a triangle there. It's a black triangle there. It's like that's bullshit. It's like because I know I'm gonna just completely not enjoy the statue because of it. And then I found out that it's always like that in those movies. Like Michael Keaton had a black patch under his nose to cover his nostrils. And so did Val Kilmer. I noticed it when I was watching Batman Forever last night. I was like, damn, I never noticed that. So And then a sigh of relief came oh, yes. out. Of I, was like, I forgive you, <laughs> even though you don't have As to. As is that hard through two sizes too big. <laughs> anyway. 
Um, so you, yeah, you're you're done with Disney Plus, right? I'm out. I'm out. Um, I was I was so discouraged out of, and we'll talk about it later. Uh, the Mandalorian after season three, I couldn't care less if they came back for season four. Ahsoka was just just awful. Um, so yeah, Ahsoka was the end of it. That was that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I accidentally resubscribed, but I haven't been watching any of this stuff. I, I watched a little bit of What If, and I kind of like cherry picked what episodes I wanted to see. What seemed interesting. The animation is second to none. I mean, it's just very beautiful. That's what I and I wish they would just make animated movies like that, where where you know like how like DC makes animated movies. Every six months, they release like a, an animated movie. Right. Marvel needs to do that, you know, and, and especially if they got wizards like that that work on what if, that'd be fantastic. It's just the stories, and you got like a bunch of writers that just don't give a damn. It, it's more pushing agenda because, again, I noticed right off the bat that most of these stories centered around women. And again, I. I know I bring this up a lot, but I think it's fairly obvious when you look at both Star Wars and Marvel that the franchise has turned to cater to to men and boys, to women and girls. You know that they're trying to highlight the heroes of the of the female persuasion, let's say. And it was like that in What If too, because the central character in What If, which I didn't like this either, was Captain Chris Carter. Captain Carter, yeah. And it was all into tie too. That annoyed me too. So like if they're like last season, it was like, what if Peggy Carter had, you know, was it, she became, it wasn't, she became Captain Carter. It was, she took this uh, super soldier serum, something like that. Something like that. Anyway. So she becomes Captain Carter instead of Steve becoming Captain America. Right. But, it, but the story continues so she's always captain carter there is no steve rogers captain america in any of these what ifs anymore if any any time you need a captain america pop-up it's her so like anything that happens in previous stories is carried over into the next what if it's all intertwined and i was like that's not what if well didn't they kind of at at the end of the first season didn't they all tie together that the watcher was cherry picking these characters from different multiverses to take on that ultimate Ultron. Is it, isn't uh, that why they yeah, like, continuing them on? Even so though, I, but I don't like that though. It's like, cause what, what made what if fun is that you can do anything in the, what if comics, you know? Like, oh yeah. Like they had like, what was it? What if Aunt May was bitten by a radioactive spider? Yeah, and then it was one and done. She went away, and that was it. And that was it. Yeah, and then like, uh, yeah, like they had all these different weird what ifs. But that's what made it fun is that like, say like Captain America died in one what if issue, he'd be alive in another one because it was just one and done. The Watcher would basically say something like, "These are the events that may have happened if things went a different way, but they didn't." And, and we then have he would to just ask ourselves, "What if?" Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And what's his name? Jeffrey Wright. He sucks. He sucks so bad as the watcher that that's again, 
annoys the hell out of me that they picked him to voice him because it's just so obvious he doesn't care every now and then like he'll do like a uh oh i can't think of his name you know he'll do a deep voice and everything but he still talks too human not now you see when i watched that first season he did not bother me uh his voice what bothered me was the dialogue when the um watcher started using slang oh no that's what i mean uh that that's the problem it's it wasn't his voice his voice i thought was good and he doesn't bother me nearly as much as he bothers you but um i think he had a fine voice for the watcher but it's just what was written for him to say as the watcher you know but then again we always have that you know it's tough if it, it's tough to judge an actor by separating them from the material that they have to use that's true I mean, you got a point you, there you have a great actor but if the story is crap and the script is rubbish then you're going to think less of that actor because of it i guess i think he's ad-libbing but i don't know that how do you mean well i i'm thinking that as he's reading the stuff instead of like saying like the line might say how could this be and he says what the hell <laughs> you know but again i don't know that i just I'm, I'm assuming it and it's probably a bad assumption but you're right it's probably the dialogue that's written and he's just basically forced to say yeah, Whatever like on the paper. Didn't didn't the watcher say like it's showtime or something? In yeah, the he said he still says a lot of stupid things. And it was like, that's that's not any version of the watcher that's ever been written before. And in the comics, like, did the watcher talk directly to the people that he was influencing or that he was watching over? He didn't participate, right? No, he talked to the reader. Yeah, he's always talking to Captain Carter you know for some reason and, and he's trying to you know push her in a certain direction and it's like if you don't do this this could happen that's not what the the watcher that's watches. not what the watcher does he's yeah. just there to watch and record you know his his thing was always he'd show up and he wouldn't interfere but you knew if he did show up that something was going to go down and that was his method of, you know, warning people. It's like, yeah, if they see me, they know something serious is going on. And, uh, you know, they had many stories where he got in trouble from that, from the other watchers, that just by observing and being noticed observing, he was actually interfering. Yeah. Well, that's, I, again, I wish... What also bothers me too, it's all based on the MCU. It's not based on the comic books. Like, so you won't see the Fantastic Four, you won't see the X Men or anything like that. And I think it's just a missed opportunity where they could be doing that. And instead, they're focusing on the MCU and they keep pushing certain characters like Captain Carter. And uh, I think it was uh, Hella now they've been pushing too. I didn't watch the last episode, but they made it like she had turned good and that she was going to. Was she fighting Thanos or I forget who she was fighting? Somebody big. Uh, and she ended up defeating that person too. I think I said who it was, but 
because she had the Infinity Stones. I haven't followed the, any of it, and uh, the same thing. The Infinity Stones are everywhere. They're supposed to be like unique, six unique items spread throughout the entire universe, and the way they're treated in these shows is like, oh, everybody's got one. Well, I just gave up because again, it, it it just it's like I just feel they're pushing a certain agenda, and where a lot of people will say online, and you'll see some of the press will say like Disney is trying to influence children uh, to think a certain way. I I sometimes think they are like especially when you watch stuff like this too. It's just it's sad. It's like times have changed. I guess I'm just a cranky old man now. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I just can't accept it because it's like there's no more Vicky Vales, like damsels in distress. It's like they have to be partners. It's like Gwen Stacy can't be saved. She has to fight along Spider Man, and and mostly and usually she's the one saving Spider Man, not vice versa. I just. I don't know. That just kind of turns me off. I just think that they push that a little too hard for me. Um, no, they but, do. They do push, push it quite hard. But you know, that's that's part of the problem with Disney now. And other companies, as too. as so many people have said, this rot is so entrenched in that corporation. I, I don't know how they could possibly fix it because. They've hired and placed so many people that cannot differentiate their agenda from an actual story that it colors everything they do. And um, I think the gentleman from South Carolina said it correctly. I think rot is the correct word um, because it's, it's just going through the story groups, the scripts, the production work. It, it's yeah. its just so inundated that it's ruining it. And you know what? The, the groups they cater to do not spend enough money on these products to support the company. So they don't want to uh, steer away from that. But I, let's not get into that subject again. Well, I just – I was going to say – it reminded me. I was thinking the other day. It's kind of like, say – you lived in a house for like 30 years and then all of a sudden you decided to bring in someone to live with you, like a roommate or something. And you built the house from the ground up and then the roommate comes in, you welcome them with open arms and all that. But then all of a sudden they decide, I don't like this living room. I don't like how you painted it. I'm going to paint it a different color. And then they start taking over everything in your house. And then you're saying, what are you doing? It's like, I'm just making it better, you know, I says, but this is my house. And they think like, well, no, no, it's our house from, from, you know, you just have to accept the fact that things are going to change now. That's how I feel like Disney was because the Disney that was formed by Walt Disney a long time ago is completely different than what it was now. And it's just, people came in, decided that I'm going to make changes that I think are best for me and other people like me. And if it bothers other people, 
too bad. They have to get used to it and accept it. And that's what we're seeing in Marvel and Star Wars. It's like, you know, why are we getting all this crap on Disney Plus with Marvel characters? You know, nobody wants to see Echo. Nobody wants to see, uh, what else was it? Secret Invasion, unless it was done right. You know, or, or well, some people wanted to see Ahsoka. But it, it's just it just feels like, give us things that we want to see. Don't give, and I think one of the big problems well, I, too. I mean, I wanted to see Ahsoka. I really was hoping Ahsoka would be good. And it was just such rubbish that it ju it just put me off the entire channel. I, so. I think there's like, there's two different people. Like when people that watch like Ahsoka and other Disney plus series, there are people that are going to love it no matter what. And then there's going to be people that are going to hate it no matter what. And then there's that group of people that are like, well, I'm going to try to judge it, go in blind or go in, you know, trying not to be prejudiced towards anything and just view it for what it is. I really wanted it to be good. I really did. I, I think it had good points. I think there was a couple of good episodes, but the most I remember out of that, that episode was all the, the arm folding with all the women, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. That was your standard woman pose. Yeah. It's, it should have been so much either more. fists clenched, at your side, you know, hand arm straight with your fists clenched at your hips or arm folded. And and also, but you do realize I'm a general. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry, general. Go ahead, proceed. <laughs> you know? It's like enough of that crap. Anyway, uh, one of the episodes that really annoyed me was it was what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? And there was this big Christmas party at Avengers Tower. I think all the Avengers were missing. They were out doing something. And uh, it was a party at Avengers Tower without any Avengers. Yeah, well, they they were late. You know, they were busy for Christmas. But but Darcy was there, and Maria Hill was there. So Darcy is like basically Happy's gal Friday, and he reports to Maria Hill. So he's afraid of Maria Hill. You know that he's going to screw up and do something wrong, and then Darcy just does whatever she wants. Like he'll say, like, "Oh, go out and buy like a turkey," you know, uh, and then she'll come back with like vegetables, and she'll. But these are so much better for you. I mean, and I'm not saying that she did that, but she did crap like that. You know, like where it was just so annoying. Like anytime he would say, "We'll do this," and and she'd come back and do something else, and she's like, "Oh, lighten up," you know. But it just it felt like he was being whipped from both sides by the upper level and then at the bottom level, you know, and it's definitely the writing. It's like, we have to make him look stupid in some sort of way, but who was the guy that was in Iron Man two? Uh, he was the villain, not whiplash. He was, oh, at, um, you know, he was Tony's Justin hammer, Justin hammer. So he was like the villain. And so it was a spoof on diehard, which is kind of funny. You know, because like he's basically breaking into Avengers Tower, trying to get uh, it might have been the Hulk's blood or something like that. Um, I, my memory is so bad. And then Happy was basically Bruce Willis, and he was like in caught like in the uh, in the vents and all that, like trying to get away from the terrorists and all that. And he was doing lines a little cheesy from Die Hard, but he ends up 
to save everybody, he injects himself with Hulk blood and he becomes a Hulk and he's a purple Hulk. Now, is that in the comics at all? Purple Hulk? Yeah. (laughs) The only purple Hulk I remember was the Incredible Bulk in Dexter's Laboratory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. He was purple with green pants. But uh, no, I don't remember a, a, a Purple Hulk in the comics. Well, anyway, so he becomes the Purple Hulk. And there's another What If story, which takes place in 1612, I think. And he's like Thor's secondhand man. He's a rich aristocracy and all that. And then when he gets mad, he turns into the Purple Hulk. So he's always the Purple Hulk now and all these things. So I, I was just curious, is that just something that they yeah. made up? No, I don't remember Happy ever having a superpowers or a super suit. He was always, you know, Tony Stark's bodyguard. He does now. But okay. I, I heard that the writers and the directors, some of them, they quit. They're not coming back for season three. So I don't know what the story is with that. But again, I, I just ask not to return. I don't know. You know, it's like, but it's going to be a different season three. But it just seems like, you know, again, it, it's agenda filled. It, it's not the what if that we enjoyed. And it, it's kind of like, well, it's, we'll just stamp Marvel on it and we'll have an episode with Thor. And some of the Guardians of the Galaxies, and people will love it because it's Marvel. Um, and that's not the case. I don't know what you know people's reactions were towards that. Anyway, and, and Echo. So Echo's out now. I and they released all the episodes. I ain't watching it. There's no way in hell. I hate watching so many episodes all at once. Have you heard anything about it? Um, I. I- I've really just basically heard nothing but negative about it. I haven't, I haven't heard anything positive about it from a non shill. Um, you know, you have, you know, people who they love everything and they fully embrace, you know, everything Disney does good or bad. Um, so you know, you read you read that stuff and you're like, no, sorry, I don't agree with that. How did we watch the same show? Do we watch the same movie? Um, but a lot of stuff online just people are they're very they're very harsh on the fact that it was a checkbox sort of decision to make this. Okay, we've got a woman hero. Okay. Uh She's got a disability. Okay. That gives her more book. Oh, she's an amputee. Oh, that, that makes this is definitely, we're hitting all the bases. She's like, an amputee? Yeah. She's, she's got a, um, artificial leg from like the knee down. Uh, um, that was in Hawkeye too. Must have well, forgot that. I didn't, I didn't realize it in Hawkeye that she had it, but I, one of these, uh, sites I saw, you know, had the picture up and she's got a artificial leg, which, you know, okay. But that's not the basis of should this character have a, sto- have a series or not. And like I said, um, I don't think the actress was very good in uh, the Hawkeye series. 
which I kind of enjoyed the Hawkeye show. But as it turns out, she is an actress. She got hired. What was she doing? Um, she had like a regular job. She was not an actress. Oh, really? I didn't know. Which that. is why her range of expression is so minimal because you know she's not an actress. Uh, she's just somebody who they needed a Native American woman, and they just seemed to grabbed this Indian off, a, off the street and said, you know, you look Native American, are you? Yes, I am. You know, okay, would you like a job? You want to be in a Disney show? You know, so it, it, it's just the whole thing just reeks of checkbox and just not I, I, like I said, I don't know who greenlit it and now they're just sort of dumping it uh, that's why you're seeing all episodes at once to just kind of get it out there and over with. Well, I, I think it was more like they probably put a ad in the, uh, help wanted. We need a native American deaf amputee. One person showed up, you're hired, you know, but like you said, that's what they're doing. They're checking the boxes. They're not like, and they're patting themselves on the back. Cause I've, I, I guess I subscribed to Disney on YouTube and there's like all these videos of like the behind the scenes of Echo. And they're like, did you know that she really is deaf? And like, they keep pushing that and that, uh, you know, that she, and she does know sign language and that this is like really hitting home for her and all that. And it's like, yeah, you know, but we don't, I, I, it's just, it's concerning because I feel like, it's good to have like superheroes with disabilities, but I think they push it a little too hard. Like, cause in uh, Eternals, they also had one too, which I think in the comics, that character was not deaf, but they're like, they seem to want to check boxes. They had to make one of them gay in Eternals. Yeah. That, well, that, that one androgynous was just really weird that, you know, if the Celestials were sending, you know, these people down to sort of culture or culturally move mankind around. Why would you make it so much harder for them to operate? Well, that's like, right. why, why would you give one a disability, you know, that makes it just harder for her to relate with people and, you know, lead people or, and like, why would you make one a kid? Well, that's what I said too. Like when we reviewed the movie, the Eternals, because I didn't know much about the Eternals because they look like a weird group of superheroes. <laughs> they were, <laughs> they are. And again, this is Disney scraping the bottom of the barrel just because guardians of the galaxy was successful. They're like, we can do anything now, which I think, I hope they realize that they can't after all their failures their countless failures, like uh, just consecutively. But with Eternals, they said like they gave some sort of narration, like where the Celestials, basically they created the Eternals, you know, to like what you said, you know, go down and basically help lead the people of the planet. But it's like, yeah, why wouldn't, why would they put flaws in all of these characters? Like, why would they make one of them fat? You know, um, it just, I could see, like, again, if that person decided to eat, like, he enjoyed to eat and he became fat, 
throughout the centuries. That would make sense. If the one that was deaf, if she was in some sort of battle and a big explosion happened around her head and she became deaf, that would make sense. But to create that them as fat, to create them as deaf, that's just checking boxes. You know, that's yeah, just like, I, yeah, it it is. And I mean, I mean, there was a lot I liked about the Eternals movie. Um, but honestly, I think you could have just pulled out that whole bit with the uh deviants, the monsters that they were supposed to be. Yeah, fighting and I think for. they were I think they were I, I think you, they could have pulled that out. It would have been a shorter movie, and the general story still would have stood on its own. Yeah, who was it? Gemma Chang was that her? Gemma Chang, yep. I liked her, and I liked the the guy that the main lead, the um, guy who played Icarus. Icarus, yeah, yeah. See, but they, I, I, I honestly, I thought they had a pretty good cast. Um, I don't remember his name. The Indian fellow, he was the jet. He was the fake Jedi in Obi Wan series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you. I like him. 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 I think he's very. He just has a very likable air about him. Um, I'd like to see him back, actually. But uh, I think they killed him off in the Eternals, didn't they? I I don't think so. I could be wrong. But no. But, I mean, like I said, they had, they had some good good actors. But once again, what the actors are only as good as the material that they get. But again, I, I think it, what Disney was doing is like, well, we want to highlight this actor because he did have a lot of screen time in there because he was an actor uh, as a superhero. And right. I think that they did. We need to get more of an Indian audience, you know, to attract more of an Indian audience. And and I, I doubt that that character was was Indian in the comic books. It's just Disney trying to get every single group represented and then, well, I mean, it it does make sense in this case. The uh, that they went up to work. different different continents. Yeah, from different different races. For example, Jenna Chen should have been over in Cersei. Should have been over in Asia. Mm -hmm. Icarus should have been in Eastern Europe. Uh, the Mac Maxim Maximum. Uh, the black guy who was the scientist type in the blue, he should have been in Africa. Like there was, there was a eternal for each cultural group that they would go and they would lead their group of people. Salma Hayek was down in South America. You know, each, each one of these was made to lead a race of humans forward. So in this, in that one movie, Disney's crazy diversity casting made sense. Okay, that thought, does make sense. Yeah, you know, I thought that made sense, and you know, like I said, they they casting did a great job. They got good people for all the roles, but no matter how good the people are, it's got to be backed up with a strong story and a good script. Agreed. Yeah, because again, I I haven't seen that movie since I saw it in theaters, and it's just I don't know. I'm not interested in any of the characters. Where I, Guardians, they hit it so hard that you yeah. liked it so much. 
that you're like, well, I want to see this again and again and again. You know? It was also different. I think the Eternals really had more of a hard sci-fi bent to it. Uh, while Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxies was a space opera, Star Wars kind of. Well, I get that, but I still think that with the proper director and the proper writers that they could have gotten everybody to, to back the Eternals too. Like I, I agree with that. Yeah. Anyway, so back to Echo. I'm not going to watch it. I mean, I've, I've heard mixed things like you. I've heard people praise it. I've heard people say it sucks. Uh, so I really can't judge it based on what I've seen. I've, I saw the fight with Daredevil. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just not an interesting character. I don't think yeah, she has I, a, a costume. I had no up. interest in her and I have no interest to watch a show about her. So Yeah, just Disney losing more money. Um, so you saw Aquaman too, right? Yes, I did. So what was your opinion on that? I enjoyed it as pure, stupid superhero movie fun. You know, if you're looking to go in with a really deep story, really, you know, deep character development stuff, you shouldn't go be going to see superhero movies anyway then. Um, but it was fun. Um, Amber Heard, people hate her. But you know what? She was in the movie. She w didn't do all that much in the movie. How long was she in the movie for? Uh, well, I mean, she had speaking parts. She had scenes. Um, it's not like the trailer where you saw her for like a third of a second. Oh, really? And then she disappeared. So no one was um, like throwing tomatoes or lettuce at the screen? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know what? She was in it for what it was. She was fine. Um, but people just hate her. Um, Jason Mole was fun to watch. Him and the actor who plays Orm, the Ocean Master, they had very good chemistry between them. Um, you know, like they literally started out, you know, enemies even though Jason Moe is like, I need your help, you know, but I'm not going to cut you any slack. But as it goes along, you know, there's little bits of conversation they're having that actually builds the bridge between them, you know, and Orm saves the day several times. Um, and at the end, you know, Aquaman lets him go free. You know, and they do the old the old trope of, yeah, you know, my brother, it's a shame you died in that big battle in the volcano. You know, a lot of people are going to mourn your passing, you know, and Orm doesn't get it because he's always bought into that role of, you know, he's now the king in exile and he has to stay in exile, you know, and, and Aquaman is telling him, or you could just pretend you're dead and go about and live a normal life. You can live in the ocean. You could love live, you know, on land. They're not going to be looking for you because we're telling them you're dead. You know. You know, it's funny that that guy who you're talking about that played Orn, that's Patrick Wilson. So he was in Watchmen. He was the yeah. The he owl. was a, a yeah. night owl. Um, you know, what's interesting too is that he's from around here. He, he lives in well, he lived in Saint Petersburg. And uh, his family were big in St. Petersburg. 
they're the Wilson family. And I went to like this 4th of July celebration at some park. And so the mother and father were there and they were like entertaining like the crowd and they were singing and all that. And then they brought, I think they brought him on and they brought his, his other brothers on and all that. So apparently they're, they're really big around here, you know? Um, I don't know. That, that's the only, th- every time I see his name, I'm like, oh yeah, it was that guy I saw in the park, <laughs> you know, it is <laughs> who lives in St. Petersburg. Yeah. But like I said, he was very good. And then, like I said, they had conversations, you know, you know, Aquaman is like, why do you hate me so much? Why are you such a, you know, prick? And he's like, well, all my life I was raised that said, someday you're going to show up and you're going to take everything away from me. <laughs> and Aquaman is like, I didn't even want to come meet you. <laughs> I had no intention of coming and doing that. So it's like little bits of conversation that go through, like that are sprinkled through their adventures that it makes them eventually making peace more believable. Like I said, I think it got a lot of hate. Um, I thought it was a fun movie, a great movie. No, but it's Aquaman. Did you see great? How great a movie are you supposed to see? Um, Should it be better than it did? Absolutely. I think people didn't give it a try. Um, Um, Did you see blue beetle? No, I did not see Blue Beetle. Was it better than uh, Shazam, Fury of the Gods? Or? Um, I would say, yeah, it was better than Shazam, Fury of the Gods. And I still liked both of the Shazam movies. But um, Aquaman was better. It, I would say it was probably just as good as the first Aquaman. Really? Well, you know, maybe, maybe I'll check it out. Black Manta, and I heard, I heard some things about the piece with Black Manta that I was really kind of dreading because I didn't know if they left that into the movie. Um, in the comics, he kills, uh, I believe he kills Aquaman's son as a baby, um, which kind of puts Aquaman as a, that dark period for a while. Um, and I thought they were going to actually have him kill the baby, but the baby gets saved. So, you know, supposedly test audience freaked out because black manta did kill the oh, baby so he actually did kill the baby prior to reshoots i believe he did and oh, damn. that's that's what put <laughs> a lot of people in test audiences off so i think they reshot that um you know but still it's like you know you, you're threatening a baby that there's some things that you know you have villains that go overboard. That's that's a little too, yeah, too that's much for a comic book villain. Um, but the guy who played Black Manta was pretty good. No, he was good in the last one. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes out on Max or yeah, or TBS or whatever, um, I'd say check it out. I mean, it wasn't a terrible movie like people were screaming about it was it was actually kind of fun my problem has always been jason momoa i I just think that they don't have that's not the aquaman that i know because he's just basically like a a beer swigging jock you know he's the ocean he's not aquaman he's ocean bro 
Yeah, that's not Aquaman, and that pisses me off. Because, like, I watched Justice League recently, too. He's the only one that's out of character. Everyone else has taken, like, the mission seriously. And he's like, all right. You know, it's like, yeah. And it's even, like, Cyborg and The Flash, like, they they have tasks to do. But this guy is just fooling around. Like, he thinks that even if the world ends, I'm going to have a good time. That's not the character I want to see. And... I think he just sucks no matter what he does. Even if he does Lobo, which I'm sure he's going to do, he'll probably ruin that somehow. Oh, no, I, I think he's he's definitely – Lobo is a better fit for him than Aquaman. It is. But, like, but my thing with him is, you know, I think he's fun to watch. I don't know. I, you know, you know I, I do not like Zack Snyder's Justice League – or any of that, but you know what? The first Aquaman movie was very different in tone from Snyder. This one is very different in tone. Um, What's well, the director? Um, yeah, it's it? the director. But you know what? I look, I look at this version of Aquaman the same way as I do the MCU version of Thor. He is a superhero. He enjoys being a superhero, and he's going to have fun being a superhero. So, well, yeah, you think that's going, going out going and after. saving the day, but you know what? He still enjoys, you know, he'll rescue that ship that's sinking, you know, and bring the ship to, so to shore. But then afterwards, he's going to buy that crew a keg of beer and relax with them. You know, that's that's this Aquaman. He's not the serious Aquaman from the comics. Um, he's not the goody goody from Super Friends. Um, yeah. Well, that's the problem. That Aquaman has always had an identity crisis. I think it was Super Friends that did him in, to tell you the truth. Yeah, that didn't help much. But yeah, he just seemed like a boring character. And even like when they rebooted him, it was kind of cool. Because I, I do remember like when he had the beard and the mustache and he lost his hand the and hook. he had the hook. you know. And I thought that was cool. I, I did follow him for a little while. when that that was, that, And you know what? He got the hook. I Now... My DC history is blurry, but I think that's when he got the hook. That he was trying to save his son from like no. Piranha or something. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what happened. Is that he lost his hand to Piranha, and I think wasn't that Captain Nemo's hook? Oh, I was there Captain Nemo in uh, DC I, comics. I don't know. Well, that's the legend that there was a Captain Nemo. You know, he was dead. But um, I'm pretty sure that that's what it was. And it wasn't a hook. It was kind of like a spear or something like that. Like you a know, like harpoon. 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 Shoot out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he was cool. And like in Batman v Superman, when we first saw him, when he's like in the shipwreckage, I was like, it looks pretty cool. Then he opens his mouth in Justice League and he ruined it all. Um, I got to say, what I'm glad about, though, is... Um, I think his Aquaman suit, they actually, I think they did a good job on that. That's tough too. That's a, that, that's a tough costume to pull yeah. off, but like they really like built up the scale mail look of it, you know, where it looked more like armor than like a spandex swimsuit, mm. <laughs> you know, and the same way, even, even the pants are sort of like, armored up a little bit or padded or something um 
But I think they actually made the Aquaman suit look cool. Yeah, no, it does look pretty cool. And I've seen statues of Jason Momoa's Aquaman that look incredible, you know, where it's like, maybe I should buy that, even if I hate the movie. Oh, no. No, I'm it's not going to do that. Folks, Joe Hogarty is going to be living <laughs> out of his car with a bunch of statues in the back seat. Well, I'll be living in your garage, Jack, with my car. <laughs> nah, you wouldn't survive the winters up north here anymore, my friend. I don't know. That's in Florida blood. But, uh, all right, that's cool. I'm glad you liked it. I'll probably watch it when it comes out available on video. Uh, you know, like you said with, I forget what show it was, you know, turn your mind, turn your mind off and just accept it for what it is and enjoy the ride. Oh, that's, that's, that's how that's how you gotta look <laughs> at Aquaman. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's get into the nerd alert files. The nerd alert files. <laughs> so there's a couple of names I'm gonna bring up, but I know Jack's gonna remember them all. Um I am? Okay. What? Uh, Aaron. <laughs> Do you remember Aaron? Oh yes, I remember Aaron. Yeah. So so she was a female. <laughs> <laughs> he was a <laughs> wow you don't think uh the name would have set that off no i always wanted you know a female point of view on the show and i'm glad that we have fedra on the show and she's more reasonable <laughs> but uh erin i i had known a while and i always had a like a crush on her and all that and she was into nerdy stuff so i asked her to be on the show uh and she's very smart too she's very uh, she knows a lot of stuff about comic books, but she's also very intelligent. But anyway, first show. She knows a lot about comics, but she is also intelligent. That's that's a screaming endorsement in there somewhere. I guess so. I didn't mean it that way. But I was trying to say she's very intelligent and she's very well read when it comes to comic books and also other books. That's I, I think I'm just putting my foot in my mouth even deeper. <laughs> But she just started attacking everybody. It's because she's a feminist. She became a feminist at some point. And it's no matter what we said. I remember the thing I said. I was like, I, we were talking about, I was talking about Superman the movie. And I said, when I was a little kid, I remember seeing it and just seeing that first scene when he's meets Jarrell and he's in his Superman suit and he starts to fly. I felt like that was me up there on the screen. And I just, always could associate with him and then she's like well that's because you're privileged <laughs> and i was like uh, excuse me she's like yes you're privileged you know it's like you don't know what it's like to be a woman or a person of color and to watch a movie like that but it's okay you know for you to enjoy it and it's, it's like she just kind of like stomped all over the good things that i had to say and what which was interesting is i think it was about like maybe two months later Wonder Woman came out and Patty Jenkins directed it. And she said the same exact thing as I said. She said that she got into superheroes because she saw Superman, the movie, when she was a little girl. And when she saw Christopher Reeve, that was her. And I'm like that too. When I'm watching Aliens, I'm Ripley. I'm not anybody else. I'm Ripley. When I'm watching Kill Bill, I'm the bride. Not anybody else. You know, I like to do that. Like when I watch movies, I try to put myself into the movie. You know, 
So there's no reason. It's just your prejudice and your bias. If you can't see a person on the screen and relate to them just because they're not your gender or your race. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like I love like Pulp Fiction and Samuel Jackson in that movie. I think he's probably the best part in that movie. And, you know, you, you just can't like, I don't know. She just, I was, I was stupefied though. I didn't know how to say, I didn't want to make her feel bad. But then she went after Eric, and uh, yeah, I remember that got nasty. Because Eric, he was a good—he was a big Black Widow fan from the Avengers, like the Avengers movie, and he said something like that. He goes, "I was really surprised, you know, because you know she doesn't have superpowers, but she really held her own, and she came off as my favorite character in that movie." And she's like, "Oh, is it because she had boobs? Did you like her big boobs?" <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Oh crap." <laughs> and then uh he called me up the next day and he's like i don't think i could be on the show anymore i was like why it's like because i don't like aaron you know it's she just attacked everybody i think she attacked you i, I forget exactly what she said towards yeah, you but you see i i i have a different you know a different approach um for me it's not worth getting worked up over so if you don't like my opinion, that, that you're entitled to not like my opinion. I'm entitled not to like your opinion, you know, but, you know, you get to a certain age where you understand that, and it's sad, it takes people so long to learn this, that we can have different opinions, but still get along. Well, no, I agree. Um, but what, and I think, I think that was something that, she couldn't quite get over um what she was doing what was wrong she was judging us because we were men right you 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 can have a different opinion but you 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 don't you can't be so quick to judge people to say well you know what you're a bad person because that's your opinion um there are some subjects you know that yeah, if, if that is your opinion, you are a bad person. You know, if like you're a white supremacist and, you know, I'm a nice person, but, you know, I believe people of color should all be kept in their place and kept, you know, kept low. Yeah, if that's your opinion, you know what? You, you are kind of a crap person. <laughs> um, but if I like the Superman movie, because, you know, I really enjoyed that scene where, you know, he flies up, catches Lois Lane, and he says, I've got you. And she says, "Who, who's got you? You know, that's not something to say you're a bad person for liking that, you know. And that, I think that's that's what goes on. And like I said, you get to an age where it's like, yeah, if you're like that, you know, I'll accept you have an opinion and I'll also accept your batshit crazy, you know, and I'm not going to fight with you because you can't win against somebody who's crazy. So, you know, same thing when she didn't like what I had to say, I'm like, well, okay, well, that's your opinion. You know? Well, again, it's, it's <laughs> fine. If you disagree with somebody, you know, and I've called you an idiot in a loving way, Jack. Uh, well, I could no. say, I could say that cause we're friends. No, but, but, I mean, but she you know, just was like, you know, attacking people, especially Eric. She really didn't know him and she attacked him and uh, it just was wrong. But I, I so I had to call her and I had to tell her 
I was like, look, I, I said, I thought you were really good. You know, I thought you were very insightful on a lot of things. I says, but I really felt like you kind of went after some of us a little too hard and you know, maybe just tone it down for the next episode. So what do you mean? And I says, well, you know, I, I, I said, you know, I don't want to name any names, but I think she thinks it was me. <laughs> I always thought she felt it was me. I had a problem with her, but it was more Eric. Cause like he said, it's either her or me. And, uh, I, I didn't want that, but I just said, just tone it down. But then she's like, all right, I guess I'm not on the show anymore. <laughs> it's like, I didn't say you're not on the show. It's just, you know, just can, you know, just bring it back a little bit. You know, don't be so aggressive against people's opinions. It's like, you can, like you just said, you can disagree with them, but just don't insult them, you know? So she didn't like that. And that was the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can insult them, but you got to be funny when you do it. But yeah, yeah exactly. It's got to be tongue in cheek. You can't make it look like, well, you are a misogynist, you know? Right. Which, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I'm sure she's got her experiences where she feels that way too. Like where she's been, ha had to live in a man's world and men have been jerks to her. And maybe she looks at a, you know, a lot of males that way. I mean, I've been there, as you can tell, <laughs> you know, sometimes when I have opinionated things about uh, some things that we talk about. But anyway, there, there are jokes on both sides of the sentence. Yeah. 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 So, so, all right. So that was Aaron. Who was the next one? Uh, Eric. So Eric, he's another one I felt he deserved to be on Mount Rushmore. You know, he just was so good. And it's funny. The first time I met him. I was on the, uh, you know, the Toys for Tots marathon and I was doing something where I was doing five hours and I think I was with Ron or, or somebody and it was boring as hell, but it was really early in the morning and you just had to be on the air just so that there wasn't dead air and then try to get people to contribute to Toys for Tots. And so, you know, we were doing it. And so Eric called in and he worked for WDWNT and he was on some of the podcasts and he also was a writer and an editor and uh he was running around disney world eric's a big runner like he when i knew him he ran like a minimum of 12 miles a day like he loved running i mean and he'd do marathons all the time so it was just another day just to run from walt disney world to epcot to hollywood studios to animal kingdom and back and back and back you know so and while he was doing all this, he didn't lose any breath whatsoever. It just sounded like he was sitting on a bench, but he was running the whole time and he was talking to us. And so he, he told me, you know, like he said, you know, because I, I listened to nerd alert and I'm a big fan of yours. And I was like, Oh really? And so we started to talk and all that. And uh, we, we uh, went on and on and on. And then I asked him to be on the show and he was, incredible and we became really good friends and then he told me he said that uh he goes when I, when i talked to you when we were done i called my wife and you're like you'll never guess who i was on the phone with just now joe hogarty of nerd alert it's like it just made my day uh, or my 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 month <laughs> you know i was like really and his wife it's was like, like joe who who <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, seriously? It's like, yeah, he goes, I, I love listening to your show. And it's so glad to have him on it. And he was incredible because he knew the Disney side like no other, as far as I was concerned. He really knew a lot about the workings of Disney. And he just was very smart. He was very opinionated. He was very natural and all that. I just loved the hell out of him. And I thought he was a great guy. Yeah, well, Eric is was Eric is a great guy. No, he is, he is. Yeah. No, but I'm saying when he was on the podcast, but on the show, it always impressed me because I could, I could talk about things and pull some mm. facts out, but I always remember Eric would like, we would watch a video, and we'd be talking about a video, and I would say what I thought, you know, the impressions, the themes were, the narratives. Eric would talk about the numbers which I would always sort of like brush yeah. over because I'm not a very strong numbers guy. Um, well, not that I'm not, I can do numbers, but that's work to me. That's not pleasure. Um, but he would come up and he'd say, well, you know, the average person of this and the, you know, when you look at the ratings versus the average number and it's like, I knew what he was talking about, but like, he would just be picking these things out, you know, of the air, talking about numerical trends on things. So he did that for a living too. About that, because, well, I think that's he's like, well, that's what I do for for work. And yeah. I'm like, great, you know, I'm not knocking it, you know, but he always impressed me with that, where he could pull a number out, whether it was a rating, a movie uh, audience score or how much something made, he, he would be able to pluck those out of the airs. Like I pluck comic book issue numbers, you know? So Eric was, no, I remember specifically when Brie Larson made that big, I hate white men speech, you know, she mentioned that the percentage of men reviewing movies to women and people of color were, were was like this huge percentage. And he came out and he's like, that's a lie. You know, and he's like, I calculated the percentage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the actual percentage was, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, Eric was great. And he just like, he had a passion for Marvel and Star Wars and Disney. And I just loved having him on the show. I loved talking to him. I loved meeting him. You know, like we would talk on the phone for hours and hours and hours. He just was such a great guy. He still is, like you said, he is a great guy. I would say one of the problems was me. Uh, my texts were so bad and they still are to a degree. I don't know why. Whenever I text something, I just sound like a monster. I, I just come off like as a really bad person. And then like, I'll even read the text. And I'm like, damn, did I just say that? But then like, when you meet me, that's not who I am, you know? It's really kind of weird. I don't know if I do it as often as I did back then, but I, I you, was you've gotten better. I guess I've gotten better, but you've gotten better. But you, it's a problem, even if I recognize it, because like I would like read my text and I was like, I think I hate myself, <laughs> you know. So uh, I and I could tell, you know, he definitely didn't like the things that I said, and we would get into fights and all that stuff, and. Uh, you know, but I think a lot of it was was a miscommunication. If we if we had the same conversation over the phone, it wouldn't have gotten out of control the way things had. 
But yeah, for some reason, I'm a bad texter. That's all I can say when it comes to opinionated Marvel and Star Wars crap. Um, but then the other problem was to like, he did work for WDWNT and uh, he was an editor and they used to have this, this place where they could communicate. Um, and I used to just avoid it because like there were, there were a lot of people on there and a lot of people just like to hear their own voice and you're going to disagree with a lot of people, but I just got a bad vibe from it, you know? And I even told him, I says, I think you should stay away from it. Cause it's like, you know, like what you don't know won't hurt you. And like, if you like somebody and all of a sudden they say something that you disagree with, you might not like them anymore. And, uh, so there was a lot of that going on. And I think most of those people are gone, but it just was like, I didn't feel like, like that's what that was supposed to be used for. I always felt like, you know, a Disney website talks about fun Disney things and, you know, and everybody's happy and, you know, looking forward to the next Disney movie or Disney ride that's coming out. But then, time. <laughs> but then, you know, people would get political and people would, you know, just get out of control. And so my whole thing was and even like one guy that I didn't like, you know, that I, I felt like he, I had met him and I just didn't like him. He said some things that I'm like, I think I like him now, you know, it's, you know, cause I liked how he stood up for himself uh, or like he stood, he had certain values that I appreciated, but I still felt it was the wrong place or that it was out of control. So I just told him, I said, just stay away from it. It's like, we are like this neutral country in WWNT land. You know, we're not monitored. Nobody really bothers us. We do whatever we want to. We don't have to report to anybody. And it's like, we have all the freedom in the world and we should, you know, push all the energy that we have into this podcast so that we, we can say whatever we want and just have a good time. But he's still you know, like a kid is trying to get a peek at his presence before Christmas. He kept going in there and he just was disagreeing with some people. And, uh, you know, I just felt like I, I can't stop him. But what he did that was wrong was he, um, there were sites there that were against our site and, he kind of went over to them and relayed a lot of information. Um, and some of the things I'd seen what he said, cause it got, I, I, it was put to my attention and I disagreed with it. You know, I think that, I just think that he was so mad at some point that some of the things he said, I, I disagreed with. Um, I'm not going to say what it was, but it ended up resulting in that I had to get rid of him. You know, because like he kind of betrayed the company and it, and it wasn't the best way to do it. Um, and so that was tough for me because I really liked him. And, um, you know, but I but I also understood what Tom, how Tom felt, too. And I, I kind of sided with Tom on that issue. You know, it just well, thought it was he is ultimately the boss that keeps yeah. you on the air. Yeah, and I just felt it was it's kind and of. And you may not agree with the boss, but you know what? Yeah, Sometimes you, you got to swallow that stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, 
so um yeah, so so I had to talk to him. It was tough and everything, but I said, "Yeah, there's just no coming back after this one." You know, I said, "It sucks." I says, "Because I really, really, really like you." And even that one time, he he wanted to quit. You know, prior to that, because um, he had a lot of stuff going on. And I said, "Yeah, you know," I says, "I understand. Don't worry about it." Because I felt so bad telling you. And I says, "No, don't worry about it." I says, "But I'm really gonna miss you. You definitely. It, it's not the same without you." it's just you add so much to the podcast. It's like, I always know the podcast is going to be good when you're on it. I says, but you know what? I, I stand by whatever decision you want. And he's like, I'm not leaving now. <laughs> you know, like after I said that, you know, and I was like, Oh man, I know you could still leave. And he's like, no, I don't want to because I didn't realize you felt that way about me. And it's like, I can't, you know, he said, you know, he is a good guy. And again, a lot of us, we lose our temper. We do things that we regret. Um, and then we get older and we realize that they were just mistakes of youth or whatever. And I think that that's what happened with him. Um, but I do think he is a great guy. I consider him a, a, a great fan, friend. Um, I think his, his family is awesome and all that. But, uh, yeah, well, that was. You met up with them a few times when they came down to this. Yeah. Yeah. And I always had a good time. You know, again, it's one of those things like where you, like you'll meet a family and sometimes like the kids won't talk to you or the wife won't talk to you, but it, you know, they just wanted to get you a part of the family. They wanted you to be part of the, their experience. Like, cause I felt like an outsider. I was like, I don't want to interfere with their vacation, but, and then sometimes he'd be like, well, it's just me and you hang out and let's, let's go to a bar or something like that. And, you know, and his wife was like, she goes, oh, yeah, that'd be great. She goes, I know Eric could use some time by himself, and that'd be really helping us all. You know, and it's like, they were awesome. They, they really are. They're, they're just good people. So then uh, there was Jay. So Jay I liked. Jay was a listener, and he came on to some of the roundtables. And uh, so I asked him to be on the show. He's a very nice guy. Um, his issue was he was very rehearsed at times, you know, like, like you can kind of tell, like right now, Jack and I are just talking, we're not looking at notes or anything like that, but most of his replies were coming from written dialogue that he'd written prior to it. And, uh, it just didn't seem natural. Um, but I still was, you know, okay with that. Cause he was a nice guy, but. I started to realize like he had, you know, and I, you know, I don't blame him. Like sometimes like, you know how it is like where a group of people hang out and then sometimes one couple of will go off from that group and they'll hang out and not include another person. And I guess I was doing that with Jay, but this kind of happened by accident. Cause I remember it was the Incredibles two came out and I usually write the movie reviews for the site. And so some, guy wrote it with you know just some new guy I was like well i'm gonna write it you know and i was like i'm not gonna argue and all that stuff <laughs> like i'll just let him write it and then over the weekend i i said eric uh do you see incredibles too and he's like he goes yeah i guess uh we really liked it and i said you want to do a round table you know maybe me and you, you and your kids and and he's like oh yeah i guess that'd be a lot of fun so we did it and he jay got pissed you know that i that he wasn't included I said, well, Jay was a last minute kind of thing, you know, uh, and it was. And um, 
but I couldn't understand. He was a big Disney fan and he wanted to be a part of it. Um, and then when Eric, Eric, you know, was let go, I had a hard time telling you guys because I kept it from you. And I was in North Carolina at the time and he spilled the beans. I don't know how, but he kind of figured it out that, you know, he was gone. And uh, then I had to address it to everybody. And I don't know, we just kind of butted heads and then that, that was it. But Jay is a nice guy. Um, and we hadn't spoken for a while and he messaged me, uh, last year and, you know, and he apologized and I was like, you have nothing to apologize about, you know, I says, I'm, I'm sorry for the things that went down and everything, you know, but that just goes to show what type of guy he is. He is a nice guy, you know, and, um, you know, Kind of stinks the way things happen, but he, you know, I, I like that he still contacts me and I think that's nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I guess the last one we got now is Taylor. <laughs> oh, the guy I, I miss the most. Do you really? I do miss him. I miss him too. Uh, well, I have a lot. A, may have been a super leftist hippie liberal bleeding heart not that there's anything wrong with that (laughs) (laughs) he he was always fun he was extreme always and this was another case our of like i was saying earlier our views could be totally different off the wall where you know um and it was a good balance it was you know what even though our views were totally different on many social issues, political things. Um, at the end of the day, we could still laugh about it and be friends at the end of the day. So um, I used to love our comic book challenges. Yeah. No, he was very talented. You know, he was just very natural. Uh, I felt like he was made for something like this. Like he knew comic books, Star Wars, Marvel DC is more of a DC guy. And he was uh, as much of a DC guy as I was a Marvel guy. Yeah. But no, he was good. I really liked him on the show. Um, you know, and I kind of like in ways I, I looked at him as either like a, like I was his older brother or even his father. Cause the way I, I met him was I, used to go to Bally's and his girlfriend was working at Bally's and I became friends with her. And I think she was reading like a green lantern book or something like that. And I says, Oh, you know, I do a podcast and all that stuff. And we talk about comic books. And so we had something in common and, and so we would email each other back and forth. She was part of our email chain and she started like giving this huge, amazing answers about DC characters. And I found out later it was Taylor answering everything. And uh, so I got to meet Taylor and Taylor was, was a really fun guy. And uh, I was definitely jealous of him. You know, it's just, he must've had, he's probably the only guy I know that has over a hundred friends, you know, where I'm, I'm lucky if I have five, (laughs) (laughs) like when we saw, I think we saw Avengers or age of Ultron or something like that. And I got there early and he's like, can you reserve seats? Like, 
I says, how many? He's like, 50. <laughs> I was like, how am I going to reserve 50 seats? <laughs> I mean, at that time, they didn't have, you know, where you could reserve seats. You just had to put coats down or tell people, don't sit there. I'm saving that seat. And I was like, I can't do that for 50 people. 50 people? And then 50 people did show up. I was like, holy crap. You know? So everybody liked him. You know? Very like likable guy. Um, and then when they broke up, I tried to keep them together. I, I tried to give him some fatherly advice and say, you know, she's a really good girl. You shouldn't just think it over and all that. But he was set in his ways. Again, errors of youth. Because I think that uh, if he looked back now, maybe things would have been different. So well, um, I, I haven't talked to him in a little while, but he, he's he's in a he was well last time i talked to him he was in a good place so oh, that's good um so anyway uh so so when they broke up but uh, you know i felt funny being friends with him because i i knew her first but he kept after me you know he wanted to be friends with me you know, you know constantly emailing me and all that stuff and texting me and she just ignored me completely and like after a month, I was like, well, screwed her. Uh, I'm going to choose him. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, he's a cool guy. He's a fun guy. So, you know, we, I'm we team Taylor now. Yeah, I'm team Taylor. So, yeah, no, you say he eventually joined the podcast with, with you and all that. And um, it was fun. You know, definitely it was good to have like a counter view on things. He was honest with his feelings. And he was um, a good counterbalance to you. He was. He's very. I was. I, I was truly the, the middle, <laughs> middle person. Yeah. <laughs> between the far left and the hard right. I wasn't a hard right. You're out of your friggin' mind. You I. I am not a hard right. I am. You not. were you always hard say right that. I'm. Uh, no. Even Fedra says that I'm not as hard right as you think I am. You know, I'm not. You know, it's just that. What, what would you call it? I don't like things when they change too much. And that's when it comes to my comic book characters too. That's my big problem. It's like, I mean, I complained about frigging Captain America's helmet for how many years, you know, just because we couldn't see his ears and Gal Gadot's muscles. So it had nothing to do with politics. It's just, I don't like seeing things change. Like I didn't, I expected Valkyrie and the Thor movie to have those long Swiss miss, uh, you know, braids on her hair, uh, blonde braids on her hair, you know, with blue eyes and, you know, nope, that's, not, blonde. that's not who we got, <laughs> you know? So that's my whole thing. I'm a, I guess I'm a traditionalist. I'm not, I'm not really far right, Jack, <laughs> but we can discuss that some other time. Um, but anyway, so uh, the start of things that happened was, with the whole George Floyd thing um, where I didn't realize at the time, I, I think probably just a few months before he let me know he's very political and that he moved to Seattle because he felt it was too conservative where he was living. And well, he wanted to work for Microsoft, but he felt that Seattle was a place for him because it's basically it's the liberal capital of the world, <laughs> you know? And I had no idea really that he was that strong politically. Um, but again, I, I, I don't dislike somebody that has different views. I learn from people who have different views. 
you know, I feel like it's good to have a, a balance and for people to talk and to learn from each other. Um, you know, never to just dismiss somebody because they think differently and you want to find out why they think differently from you. But anyway, so um, during the whole George Floyd thing, we were, one of the things he wanted to make a statement about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. And I said, I don't know about that. We had spoken at the company and they, they said, just stay out of it. You know, don't be political because you don't want to lose half your audience and all that. And he goes, well, it's not political. It's a social issue. And I says, well, even so, it's we should probably stay out of it. So he emailed Tom, I think, and said that he felt it was important for him to say his words. Um, so we ended up, the three of us ended up saying something, but uh, we weren't allowed to say our thing. Tom had nothing to do with it. It was somebody else that's not at the company anymore, but only Taylor was allowed to, to give his statement. Um, but I'll tell you what our statement is now. Uh, Jack's statement was, you know, I believe all lives matter. And for whatever reason, someone found that offensive. There's some people that find that offensive. I guess it's because, like, again, if you put yourself in that person's shoes, say, you know, you are a black person and, you know, you're trying to get across the point that black lives matter. And then someone says, well, all lives matter. It's almost like saying, why don't you just shut up? <laughs> You know, it's like we all matter, and not well, only it's it's I, and, but I know what you meant. And, I know what you well, meant. and this is what was good with Taylor too. I mean, once again, we had difference of opinion. Um, but he said to me, It's like, well, you know, saying all lives matter is like telling these people, I don't hear you. You're upset, you you know, you feel you don't matter, but I'm just telling you by saying all lives matter, you know, well, you're just like everybody else. And I got to admit, he did sway me in that thinking where I, I could say I did become more sympathetic to what these people were trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of things about black lives matter. I don't like, um, cause I think they're very quick to jump to conclusions sometimes. Um, but, I get what they're saying about how they feel unrecognized and I'm a little bit more sensitive to that due to Taylor's opinions. No. And again, oh, yeah, I, but he'll say when I said it on the show, people didn't like my, my opinion. <laughs> so well, relaxed. well, mine was act. My mine was basically, I said that what happened on that day was wrong. You know, the guy was murdered. I mean, I saw a video of it and, one guy was definitely guilty of it. The other ones were enablers. I mean, they basically didn't do anything. They're supposed to protect and serve the community. They're not supposed to just cover for one of the people that they work with. And one guy could have just said, all right, you need to stop. You know, and it's like, we got him in handcuffs, uh, you know, but that didn't happen. But anyway, uh, but my point was, I didn't like the fact that everybody was turning against the police. It was like they were public enemy number one now. And I said that, look, there are good cops, there are bad cops, but I think the majority of the cops out there are good and they're here to 
basically protect and serve us. You know, they're looking out for our backs. This is, I don't think it's right to villainize a whole group of specific people just because of the actions of a few. Right. And it's the same thing. You could look at that, you know, when it comes to something like George Floyd too, you know, it's like, you just can't, you know, base, you know, a complete race on, you know, somebody or somebody that did something bad or say somebody went into a school and, and shot like a bunch of kids. You can't blame, you know, whatever race or gender that person was on that whole race and gender. It's, you know, you, you have to look at it individually. You know, it's like, I just thought it was so bizarre. Like they were like, well, we need to get rid of the, the police dog and the puppy dog pals now. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and they and they they actually were following through with a lot of the stuff. It's like we need to get rid of cops, you know, that show cops. Cause, you know, now it's it's considered racist. Uh, you know, I mean, everything that they were doing, they just was so defund the police and all that. And I my point was, look, you know, there are some bad cops, but there are a lot of good cops, you know. But anyway, I couldn't say that. So, um, anyway, then there was the whole Artemis Fowl thing, you know, so we, he wanted to, he loved Artemis Fowl, the book, and he wanted to do a, a round table, a live round table where we all, it was not a round table, a watch along thing where we all watched the movie and we talked about it while we were watching the movie because it was premiering on Disney plus. And this was during COVID where COVID really started to get big and there were lockdowns. And so we had secured a day. It was Friday. The movie was coming out like on Friday. So we were going to do it Friday night. And then Taylor, who was the one that pushed to have it done, comes out and says, I can't do it because I'm going to a black lives matter rally, you know? And so I said, look, you know, if that's what you want to do, you feel that's important to you. I'm not going to hold you back. Don't worry about it. You know, just, we'll just cancel. And it's like, Oh no, I still want to do it. And it's like, well, we can't, you know, it's like, cause we were going to do it Friday and we need to get somebody to record it. You know, I says, we'll just let it go. And he goes, well, can't you just see if we can get somebody to do it? So I moved heaven and hell and I found somebody that could do us, do it for us on Sunday or Saturday or whatever the hell. And so we all did it. And then Taylor just took over the whole thing. And when that thing was over, I, I called them up and I said, what the hell was that? I said, this isn't the Taylor show. You know, it's like, you didn't let anybody speak. You spoke, the, spoke over people. Like you didn't give anyone a chance to give their opinions. I says, that was just so rude. I says, you can never do that again. I says, and it was live. You know, it's like, I would never do something like that to anybody, you know? And, uh, so I, I didn't like that. And I don't think he liked me saying that either, but it was the truth. And the movie was God awful anyway. And it was God awful too. You know, but, but again, I guess what bothered me was that, you know, I, I went out of my way to make sure that we were able to record it. And he just didn't, it's like, we weren't even there, you know? Um, but then what, you know, things got more political. I think what really did us in was Ray Fisher. Because every week Ray Fisher was saying something on Twitter about uh, Josh Whedon or the people on, at DC and how he supported Zack Snyder. And 
he just did the stupidest things. And I kept talking about it in the news because he would say dumb things, you know. And one of the dumb things that he did was they did an investigation into Warner Brothers to see if there was any kind of discrimination or um, abuse of power during the making of the movie, an independent review. And uh, so he, he was interviewed by uh, some woman and he recorded the interview without her knowing. And then he posted it on Twitter, you know, you know, and it, and it basically, she said, cause I was part of a, one of those things once before and they all say the same thing. It's like, well, thank you for your cooperation. I just want to let you know that everything that you said, I, I felt that you said the truth and, uh, that uh, you were very believable in what you said. They have to say that. But he made it like this proves my innocence and it proves that they're guilty. And he put that on Twitter, which again is illegal and something like that you should go to jail for, you know? Uh, and so I brought that up and Taylor was like, I don't think it's a good idea to make him look like a bad person, you know, because we can't relate to him. And I was like, what? Because he's black? And he's like, I don't think we should talk about him. And I said, look, Taylor, if somebody does something right, I'm going to report it. If somebody does something wrong, I'm going to report it, you know? So we butt heads a, a couple of times over that. And, but Ray Fisher was being a jerk. Absolutely. That, that was, that was ridiculous. Well, I think Zack Snyder was using him the whole time just so he can get his directors cut out, you know? Yeah. But I, the whole, whole, I have proof, but I can't show it to you. So you just have to trust me. Oh, that too. I forgot about that. You know, that, that, that's where the whole thing just got ridiculous. It's like, okay, Ray Fisher, this is the story you're telling. You know, you say you have proof, but you won't show it to us for whatever reason. But we're supposed to believe you and condemn, you know, these Warner Brother executives for stuff solely based on your word you know and he's like well i'm going to release it no i'm not going to release it yeah i'm going to tell the whole thing no i'm not really saying anything it it went back and forth for so long it's like you know dude shut up nobody wants to hear from you anymore and plus like when you sign on for meaning role, ray fisher not taylor yeah <laughs> you know but i mean it it was just the whole deal there I, I don't know how anybody could give Ray Fisher the time of day after a while. Well, but again, you sign a non-disclosure agreement when you work for a movie set and he just broke all that stuff. I mean, I guess it's like, well, why should I care if you broke it or not? But it's just, it's wrong. It just goes to show that he just doesn't care. I mean, maybe his story was true, but he just went about it the wrong way. You know, I, I felt I, anyway. And I always felt Zack Snyder was just pushing him to do that. He's like, well, if we get the Zack Snyder cut released, which I'm sure you referred to it as the Zack Snyder cut released, <laughs> you know, most of the movie is going to be about your character cyborg. And we're going to put at least now more footage of you in there. And I just think that that just, he pushed him to get his job done. He pushed the fans to get his job done. And then they gave him like $80 million to finish his movie you know, the, the four hour movie and all that stuff. And people bought into it. And again, I, I do enjoy it, but I just felt he took advantage of so many people, you know, that he's like, like he's an evil schemer, 
anyway, so, all right. So the thing that, that happened with Taylor, we started doing video and I would do the audio and Taylor would do the video and he did a good job. Like he'd put like images of like what we were talking about. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. So we were doing video for a while. Um, but then like one day I was watching it and I noticed he started putting images in that he shouldn't have been putting in. They were political images. Like one time we, we did a quiz show. It was, uh, I was quizzing you and Taylor and someone else was on the show. And I remember the question was, um, where was the girlfriend of, uh, what's the guy that was part of uh, shield, you know, that was killed in Avengers Colson Colson. Colson. Okay. You know, where, where was Colson's girlfriend from? And so the answer was Portland. So I said, Portland, nice place to live. Wouldn't want to live there. You know, nice place to visit. Wouldn't want to live there. And so he did not like that. And he Being living in Portland. Well, he didn't live in Portland, but he, um, he ended up typing messages on the screen talking about Portland and that, you know, that it's erroneous to concede that uh, Portland is not a nice place to live. You know, it's a very nice place to live. And, and he was giving all the statistics. And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, Taylor, I caught that thing you did on Portland. You know, very funny. Don't do it again. <laughs> you know, I said, I said, you know, you can't do stuff like that, especially without telling me, you know, as a, if you want to debate something like that, do it on the show. Don't debate it afterwards and kind of like put subliminal messages don't, on the screen. Don't debate it in post-production. Yeah. Especially without telling me, you know, so he says, all right, I won't do it again. And so the next episode, just for the hell of it, I checked it. And we were talking about that, that shaman guy that showed up at the January 6th thing. And, uh, but I forget what it was about. It had something to do with comic books, but he plasters picture up on there. And, and I remember I, I texted him and you were part of the text thing. And I said, I just tell you, you did a great job on, on the thing. I said, but I gotta say, I says, I, I specifically told you not to put any political images up there. And you put that guy's face up there in the screen. I was like, now nah, I got to take it down. And he says, I don't see anything wrong with what I did. And, uh, and I said, well, I'm taking it down, you know, cause he didn't want to take it down and then he quit, you know? And then, um, and then I says, all right, fine. And then <laughs> like a, about an hour later, he goes, so you're not going to try to keep me to stay. <laughs> And I said, well, no, if you want to quit, you know, that's fine with me. You know, it's it just like I knew where it was going, but then things got out of hand. I'm not going to discuss what we talked about, but I, you know, he accused me of something and I just got pissed off. He he hit the wrong button on me or he poked the, the tiger a little too hard. And the things I said were true, but I probably shouldn't have said them. Um, yeah, <laughs> but they were true. You know, I'll just say that. But I was mad, you know, because it's like, you know, you don't say those things to me, you know, like we're, we're friends. And I didn't do anything bad by saying you can't put polit political pictures on there. Um, you know, but I think it's another case of where, you know, I'm left, you're right, we can't be friends, <laughs> you know, where I'm like, you're left, I'm right. 
let's be friends. You know, I want to know about what our differences are. And uh, that was that. I did try to get him to come back several times and he did message us a few times, but you know, he just never came back on. You know, I, I always, I, I have the door open for him anytime he wants to come back. Cause I did like him on the show. Um, and uh, that was that. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess we'll, we'll go through the news really quick. This is a long one. Uh, so big news. John Favreau will direct The Mandalorian and Grogu for a theatrical release and Ahsoka is getting a season two. Now, I heard the jury was still out on Ahsoka season two, but who knows? Things change at the drop of a hat now. So, um, but as I said earlier in this show, um, after season three of The Mandalorian, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm in no rush to see that movie. I'm... I may not even see that movie. I, yeah, again, I don't know what they're doing. You know, it's like the whole thing, the whole idea with Disney Plus is that they were going to provide us with uh, content that we couldn't get anywhere else. And I started to notice, you know, they started doing this months ago, but like you'll see a commercial on on YouTube for Echo and say, watch Echo exclusively on Disney Plus and Hulu. <laughs> it's like, then that's not exclusive. You know, it's like, so why are we, like, if you have Hulu and you have Disney Plus, why are you playing for both? I mean, the reason why they're doing it is because they know they did this before. They know that Echo is going to lose money and they don't want to show all the losses coming from Disney Plus when they have to report it. So yeah, they so they're going to spread it around. Yeah, which is wrong. You know, it's like, it's screwing the customers. Because, yeah, I mean, if you're going to give us content, it should be just on Disney+. Plus. Same thing with The Mandalorian. It's like, you like season three of The Mandalorian? Well, now you're going to have to go and pay and see it in theaters. You know, I just think that's wrong. And I don't think it's that big of a franchise where it deserves to get its own theatrical movie. You know, and I, I just think uh, it's going to... You know what? It, if, if it was after season two, I'd probably go see it. But you know what? After season three, that was just the adventures of Bo-Katan, you know, and the Mandalorian became a uh, side character in his own series. Uh, no, thanks. I don't need to see any more of that. Well, again, it turns me off because I just feel like we're paying for something that we shouldn't be paying for. And, and I just don't think they know what they're doing. And what's also insulting it's now John Favreau is working for Dave Filoni, <laughs> you know, and I guarantee you the reason for the success of the Mandalorian is because of John Favreau. And it, like I said, Dave Filoni's just a leech. He just leeches onto someone and then he just butters the ass of the person that's above them. And then he gets promoted. And that's exactly what we're seeing play out as far as I'm concerned. Um, so Disney is facing backlash over director, Charmaine Obadai Shanoi helming the new Ray movie. Good. How did she get this job? That's the incredible part. How did they get this job? And it's not because if she's a woman, I mean, just think like, um, and I'm not the first one to say this, I'll admit it, but like when Patty Jenkins came out and said she was going to do, you know, a Rogue Squadron movie. Everybody's like, holy crap, you know, this is going to be great. 
you know, it's not because she's a woman. It's because she does not have the directorial experience for something like Star Wars. She's done a few documentaries, but she didn't go to school to be a filmmaker. She went to school for economics and she just kind of fell into making a documentary. She's, why would you, she has two episodes of Miss Marvel. That's the only dramatic experience. And I use dramatic very lightly that she has. Why would you entrust your franchise, which is already hurting big time, to a director without experience? You want to pull somebody in who's going to make a, who knows what they're doing to make a dramatic movie that's going to do a fantastic job. Just because you're freaking losing money on everything you put out for the last few years. Why are you going to give this to someone who's inexperienced and expect everybody to be like, oh, it's great because you have a woman. People aren't upset because it's a woman. People are upset because it's a situation where you've hired an unqualified person. So, you know what? They get what they deserve. If the movie flops, they get what they deserve. That's all. I, I mean, a lot of people have said that she hates men. Uh, she said a comment eight years ago where she likes to make men feel uncomfortable. And I think she's kind of like me, where she's had experience like with men. And I don't blame her. You know, like I, I understand. Like uh, she lived in Pakistan. I'm sure where she lived at, at the time that she was at times treated like a sec second class citizen. And then when she had, you know, people treat her differently, she wanted to show, you know, I'm not a second class citizen. So I'm okay with her saying that, you know, because, you know. No, no, but you see, she comes out and she says, I am an activist first. That's why I have a problem. And she also says that she puts her activism into every project she works in. Well, you know what? Star Wars is suffering because it's become about activism. We don't need to continue that trend. You know, you don't have to reflect all, all of your struggles as a woman in Pakistan in a Star Wars movie. It doesn't belong there. You know, that's not what people are looking for when they go slap their money down to go see a Star Wars movie. You know, yes, terrible things might have happened. Men might have done you wrong. But you know what? I'm not going to Star Wars to see a Star Wars movie to see some woman woman get back at the men who done her wrong. No, that's not what I'm there for. Do your job and entertain. Yeah, and again... Like, and I cut you off again, didn't I? Sorry. No you, no, you didn't cut me off. No, Disney made like such a big deal. You know, this is the first female director for a major star wars film it's like yeah, well patty patty jenkins was too but then you got rid of her yeah but, exactly but, but they're making a big deal out of this because they've changed they've changed so much from when she was announced making that movie patty jenkins they're, they're not the same company anymore that's all they care about is optics that they have a pakistani um activist feminist woman directing a star wars film a woman and, of color. Yeah, and, well, he's Pakistani. But 
but you know, again, what you said is right. Her problem is that she takes activism before filmmaking and before story. And it's, that's, that's the problem. And that, and also probably the biggest problem, she's got no experience. You know, it's like, it's almost like picking somebody out of a crowd, like echo. It's like, you can be echo. It's like, you know, you're deaf, you're a native American and you're missing a limb. You're hired. It's like, you know, it's all optics. It's all like, Woke people like it. Come with now, me. Go. I'll put you on Disney Plus and make you a star. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's it's like the crowd that they're going after. They don't like spending money, <laughs> you know, especially on Star Wars. Regardless of, well, they'll go see Barbie. But that's and I always said that, you know, it's like why can't Disney make Barbie movies and make movies for guys too? You know, you can do both, but don't try to make movies just for women, which it seems like they're they're doing. It's like, you know, we need to, to make Marvel into a woman franchise and we make we need to make Star Wars into a woman franchise. No, you don't, you know, or you can and you can have different stories, but don't leave men completely out of it. They're just basically there to be idiots, you know, like uh, or to be saved and rescued or well, make here, here's the thing, too. You know, all these people love the fact that Miss Marvel had such strong women characters and woman empowerment as a theme and none of them went to see it, which is why the box office sucked so bad on it. You know, so what are you going to do? You're going to cater to these people again because, you know, oh, maybe this time they'll actually come out and spend money. They have been coming out and spending money when you put these movies out that cater to them. So stop catering to them. I wouldn't be surprised if this movie gets canceled because I, I think in a way they may have announced the um, Mandalorian and Grogu movie because now they're going to have to push back Ray. Like Ray's not going to come before the Mandalorian and Grogu. It's going to come after. And then they might just decide, well, you know what? We're just going to because they canceled so many Star Wars movies. They canceled at least five right. or six of them, you know, so right now they might be getting negative press and they might be listening to it. It's like, yeah, it's probably a good idea just to let her run her mouth and defend herself. But eventually we just, we'll, we'll, we'll pay her a couple of million dollars. She'll be happy. We'll just, we won't make the movie. We'll see. Here's the thing though. I would, I, I may be in the minority. I would like to see a movie about Ray rebuilding the Jedi order. That's a hook. I like that hook, but, why do you give it to somebody who doesn't have experience to make this type of movie? Yes, exactly. I just don't get it. I like, I like Daisy Riddle. I like Ray as a character, you know, even though, you know, people say, Oh, she's Mary Sue and all this. You know what? I, I like Daisy Riddle. I like her as the character. I would like to see the further adventures of Ray. No, I like, that's the one thing that they got right in the, the sequel trilogies. I thought Ray was fine, you know, and Kylo yeah. Ren was fine. You know, it's just everything else. They didn't focus on the story, but she, I loved her in the force awakens. It's, I mean, again, I've saw that movie six or seven times in the theaters because. Yeah. I and I, I liked her in the last Jedi, which I think yeah. is another miss maligned movie. You know, I liked her in that, you know, it showed, okay. We met Ray the first time around. Now we're seeing her, you know, stand up to Luke Skywalker and, you know, say her two cents and not give up and, you know, 
looking looking into getting into trouble like when she went down into that pit of i don't know what that pit was with the seaweed growing out of it you know but she showed she had a bit of gumption and the same thing when she went and confronted kylo ren and uh snoke you know yeah you know what you're doing great and then you know of course the third movie just took all that away and crapped all over the rest of the franchise but anyway well yeah it's just it's a bad precedent to hire somebody based on their race and their gender and their political activism over someone that's experienced and knowledgeable about the star wars franchise didn't there used to be a time when all those all those things were uh, things you could sue for hiring yeah, was, or not hiring somebody based on race and gender and nothing to do with their experience well i'm going against it <laughs> well i mean you know all right let's move on <laughs> okay. next story so uh martin luther king's daughter tells jonathan majors basically to shut up that her mom was never a prop after he calls his girlfriend megan good his coretta jonathan majors is a jerk and just shut up and go away next story <laughs> Well, you know, but I thought we're about coming this up at a quarter to twelve. All right, all right. <laughs> and I just wanted to say really quick with with that, I, I think like he's mentioned that a lot. Like he said, the girlfriend, the the old girlfriend. He goes, "You should be more like Greta Scott King and Michelle Obama." But like for him to to say that Megan Good was his Coretta, he's basically assuming that the woman is just there to support her man. You know, I think that's kind of sexist and misogynist that she's got no brain that basically her goal is to just support everything the man has to say. And, you know, I think that's kind of an insult. And I think, I, I think that's what Martin Luther King's daughter was saying. My mother was much more than that. I'm sure she disagreed with him and she probably told him, I mean, she stood by him, but it's not like she was like his slave or anything like, or, you know, I mean, that's not the right word, you know, just like, uh, like a, uh, a lemming you know, that would just basically do and say whatever he did. He's but just a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. He is just such a jerk and he got what's coming to him. And I hope he gets more of what's coming to him and he gets dropped and we don't see him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't actively dislike a lot of actors, but he's, he's really shown himself to be such a, piece of work that now if he goes away and we don't see him again that's fine by me well he's he's kind of a hypocrite too because like he tries to push this whole thing like he's a tough guy and uh, you know it sounds like he's a bully to the girls he's been with and the people he went to college with and the people he's been on sets with but then he loves to cry and just say why me you know i'm a good man I'm a great man. You know, it's like, I don't know. He's going to be alone at one point. I, I do agree. I think that eventually his career is over. I don't think these interviews are helping him any. Um, so the rumored team for Avengers five, according to Alex P apparently he gets some good scoops, but I, I again, I think this is a rumor. He says captain America, Anthony Mackey, Cap captain Marvel Falcon, uh, the new Falcon and, Captain America 4, Hulk, Mark Ruffalo, Wong, Benedict Wong, Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, Shang-Chi, Samuel Liu, Katie Aquafina, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, and the Wasp, Evangeline Lilly. 
Is there anyone good on that team? Earth's lamest heroes. And well, it's not, not all together. I mean, I didn't see the Marvels, and I know they turned her into a joke, but I do like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I do like Mark Ruffalo as the as the Hulk. But I don't, why why would you have Wong when you can have Doctor Strange on the team? Why, why have would you have that? Valkyrie when you could have Thor on the team? I have answers for that too. <laughs> why would you why would you ever give Aquafina more work? I don't you know, know. That one. <laughs> I like Ant Man and, and the Wasp, but the same thing. If you if you can it's an Avenger movie. Get Thor back. At least one of the original Avengers. You know, you get Doctor Strange, not, you know, his sidekick. You know, actually, well, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, this is like a lot of sidekicks. You know, that's not well, the Avengers. Sorry. Well, according to that guy, Alex P, Doctor Strange is on a mission with, with Clea. What that we saw in the after credit scenes, he, they're in a, a different dimension. Yeah. Uh, Spider Man doesn't know anything right now, no one really knows about Spider Man because of the events of No Way Home, you know. So he's just basically restarting his career again, right? Uh, Thor, I think it's they still haven't signed Chris Hemsworth for the next Thor movie, so they don't know where he's going to be, how he fits into the franchise but yeah. it is a it's I mean, a lame ass team <laughs> you know? yeah i mean when you're when you're talking about you know i'm sorry anthony mackie <laughs> you james rhodes you're not steve rogers as captain america you just who knows maybe maybe if captain america 4 came out before this and they did a great job on it but it's not a good sign when they're pretty much reshooting the whole thing. Um, you know, I guess Tatiana Man Mansley uh, pissed off Marvel enough that we're getting Hulk in verse instead of She-Hulk, or we'd have that switch in there. Um, That's true. I didn't even think about that. Uh, like I said, Katie. Why, why is why is this girl? She, first off, she's never picked up a bow and arrow, and she makes a shot that would make Hawkeye envious, you know. And now she's an Avenger. Like, what? I, I don't know. I don't get it. This, this just brings to the forefront how lame Phase Four was. Well, now it's five. Well, now it's five, but you know we haven't seen anything that's considered officially five. No, have yeah, we? we have. Yeah, um, well, the Marvels, uh, Wakanda for was it Wakanda? No, Ant Man. Oh yeah, that's right. Where's uh, where's Shuri? I'm su surprised she's not in there leading the team. I, I that's why I don't know if this is true because it just seems. Yeah, why isn't she there? You know, not to mention once again the lameness continues. Um. As when you look at the stuff. team, though, it, it's, you know, it's all diverse. You know, it, it's, again, they're pushing inclusiveness and diversity. Like, they don't want it to be, like, four white guys and Black Widow, like the Avengers were for a long time. Yeah, but like, where's, where's the powerhouses on this team? 
Captain Marvel. She, well, she Captain, ignited his Captain son. Marvel and the Hulk, but um, Captain Falcon doesn't have the strength, the fighting, the power that Captain America had. No. Wong, you know, is Sorcerer Supreme by default because Doctor Strange was, you know, busy. Don't tell me Valkyrie is just as good as Thor. Uh, Shang-Chi could have something interesting with him, but we don't quite know what the Ten Rings actually do for him. Um, I, I just hope they make Hulk into the Savage Hulk. I don't like this smart Hulk anymore. Because it's just Mark Ruffalo. I'm not a huge fan of him as it is. Or is it Hulk or his kid? Scar, they've got to do something. Well, yeah, but that's 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 the young Avengers. That's Miss Marvel and Hawkeye and uh who, who's the one in Doctor Strange, the America that oh, girl. America Chavez? Yeah. You know and, what though? Honestly, I would actually probably rather see a young Avengers movie because the threat doesn't have to be as big when you do an avengers movie you you're talking end of the world stuff you could do a young avengers that you know the menace the threat doesn't have to be as big yeah and you can give these characters a decent storyline because the stakes would fit the characters they're junior characters young characters you know, so instead of facing Doctor Doom, maybe they face Doctor Octopus. You remember the animated uh, Young Avengers movie? I honestly, I, I don't. I remember seeing part of it, but um, I can't even tell you what it was about. Didn't make it that big an impression on me. I, I thought it was okay, but I'm just saying. Like, I think Captain America had a kid with Black Widow. Now you can't do that because she can't have kids. <laughs> You know, but she's dead. Cheers. That, that, that makes it even harder. Thing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, All right. I guess we'll wrap this baby up. So, Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? You can always find me at jackm at wdwnt.com. Love to hear from you, and I'll try to answer you back as soon as I can. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me your friend request on Facebook. I'm also on the podcast, Rust Junk. We're starting season... I forget. Season we are season episode. 10, episode 1. No, we're season 10, but Rust Junk, they, they have less episodes and shorter seasons. So I, I think we're <laughs> at season 5, season 6. I don't remember. But anyway, um, it's the 90s, so we're doing the 90s. And what's the first movie we're doing? Crap. Oh, Speed speed oh that could be fun yeah i watched it actually that was a goofy movie but it was fun it was good i wish they made movies like that now you know um and yeah so basically this is the end of wdwnt nerd alert season 10 episode one so until next time we will see you good night all be good to each other and good night miss fedra wherever you are